0: Hi, everyone. My name is Caleb Stroth. I'm here with Jordan Uther on a Thursday afternoon. Well, closer to night now. Uh, It's about 9 p.m. How are you doing, Jordan? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for agreeing to come and talk with me. I have some questions for you about friendship. Um, Just as a starter, kind of an introduction question, uh, what is important to you in a friendship? To me, in a friendship, I feel like
1: the number one priority is trust. I feel like without trust, no relationship can bloom forth. And from a friendship, you have a specific type of relationship. People are people and have contact with other people every second of the day in the usual. but. In each different kind of contact you have, there's a different kind of social dynamics and just how you act and respond. And with that, there comes different kinds of set standards that you expect, need, or require. And I feel like in a friendship, as one of those, and going hand-in-hand with a relationship and any kind of companionship, you need to have trust as the foundation. For if you don't have trust, then what do you have? You cannot rely on that person to be there for you, be a heart to open up to and an ear to listen. And from that, there is no possible way to create a steady, good relationship, friendship, anything without trust. I can talk with anyone I want and I don't have to trust them, but... Without trust, I can't have someone be my friend.
0: Who would you say would be some of your closest friends who you can put that trust in, and why? Well,
1: some of my closest friends, I would just, listing off people, would be Caleb Stroth, you, a.k.a. Nathan Melendrez, Graham Gower, Nathan Fortcamp, Logan Monkamp, Isaac Connolly, and a few others. And with each person, there comes either a steady build of trust or I just started trusting them. And for example, I've known Graham the longest of any of them. I've known Graham since fourth grade and he's become my closest friend I've known. And with that, there's been so much trust built up between us that I would dare call him my best friend. And then, from that, there are people who I haven't known as long, or at least I haven't trusted as long, kind of like Megan Morden, who I've known her for quite a while, but I never really got to be a friend with her until just this year. I feel like I've really grown close. And from that is the build of trust. Like I would say we were kind of friends before we belong to the same friend group. But still with that, I wouldn't really call I would not have called her a like a real friend, a good friend, more than like a friendly acquaintance. Now, at this time in my life, I would call her a dear friend of mine. And from that, I feel that what kind of defines a close friend to me is probably, to the extent of my knowledge, much wider requirements than others. I'm I'm a happy-go-lucky kind of trust-in-people guy. I got a big heart, small brain, and skinny body. And just from that alone, my heart's bigger than my brain, and I follow that to most places I go. So if my heart's not in it, my brain's not going to be in it, and I'm not going to be in it. But luckily for me and for the things that I do, I got a heart that's willing to go in there and wreck havoc, I guess.
0: Uh, you said that you're kind of a happy-go-lucky guy, and for the entire time that I've known you, I've that has always been my impression of you. But is that accurate? Are you actually always a happy-go-lucky guy, or you know, to the extent that you seem to be?
1: No, I wouldn't say that I'm always a happy-go-lucky guy that'd be really nice. And to be honest, in general, I am. Uh, I'm very lucky in my family life and my raising in which I've had very, very, very few strifes. Very, very minimal. Almost nothing to complain about whatsoever. And with that, it's easy to be happy. But even someone who's had practically everything go right. I'm still human, and with that, I can't always be happy because there's always something that gets me down. And I guess from that, it really depends on what it is that is taking me down. The the times that really rip a hole in me and make me not happy-go-lucky aren't necessarily the serious times, but they're the ones that have just times of utter despair times in which there is no hope i can see at the end of the tunnel no golden light over the horizon it just looks bleak it looks void and it just looks like oblivion and lucky me those times are few and far between but despite that i wouldn't dare say i'm a happy-go-lucky guy all the time I I have a serious face. It's deep down in there, and he doesn't come out very often, but he's there.
0: Um, I think that through my friendship with you, I've kind of realized that you can afford, or well, you can kind of come off as a happy-go-lucky guy because of all the close friends that you have or even if not super close friends you've got a lot and I think that's something everybody cherishes but have you despite that ever felt lonely
1: yeah I feel like the lonely kind I feel is not the same kind of lonely that some of the people who you'd consider popular would feel The kind of lonely, like, I don't have any real friends. I've got no one behind me. I'm, I really am alone. And it's not the alone that people like my ex girlfriend would feel, in which I'm alone at my house. There's no one around. I am utterly solitude. And the alone I feel is kind of a temporary, bitter, Rip me out of the moment and put me into a, a depression, kind of depression. I use that word loosely. And it's the kind that I feel when I just feel like I've been wronged. I've been, I've been ripped out of my smile and I've been stuck naked on the ground without any comfort. It's the kind of no one's here. I feel like no one's here. I feel like no one loves me. I feel like there's nothing. And I know in all of God's reality, that's not really the case for me. And thank God I'm able to realize that. I know there are people who really don't have anyone when they think that they're pretty much right. And that terrifies me. Would be That's probably my biggest fear, just thinking about that off on a tangent, is waking up one day and being alone. I do awful on my own. I am not independent. I am not a, I'm not really that street smart, more or less. I can do a little bit here and there, but I would not dare say I'm, you drop me off on the street, I'd probably not end up too well. And with that, it kind of like the lonely I feel plays on those deep, inset, Fears I've always had from my raising of a supportive, caring family is to lose that. And it's scary because I'm going to lose that someday. And with that, the times I feel lonely are when I forget, which I forget a lot of things. Let's clear that up right now. I'm not a very steel trap, smart as a whip kind of guy, but I do forget. Often. And with that is when I feel sad, is when I'm just, I'm off by myself thinking deep and I just think, why? Why am I here? What's the point? And I think everyone goes through those kinds of feelings of existential. This is the real life. This is real. If, if I were to think of all the time I've spent doing things that are, stupid or I should not be doing, I should be putting that time towards something else, I could really hurt myself. I really could. I could really rip into my own mind and say, wow, look how pointless you are. Look at all these hours and hours and days and days you've wasted in your life. And that is not me. That is more my ex-girlfriend. She always had problems with the kind of Why am I here and being able to stay with it and see the light at the end of the tunnel, kind of. So what is lonely to me? Lonely to me is when I forget the amazing family I have right behind me and the amazing friends to my sides and the beautiful promise of a future I've got that lies ahead. And the the times that I'm lonely, are the times that I'm sad, are the times that I'm alone, are the times that I'm looking at the sunset and I don't see the light, I see the dark clouds setting above it. And those moments are scary. Those moments are the kind that I feel everyone needs, though. I don't think there's a time in my life that I would have... Well, I suppose when I was younger, I would have said, oh, you never want to be sad. But it's kind of like the... I can't remember the movie. Inside, where at the end, spoiler, I guess, there was the the memories that were made were not just the happy ones. It was the happy, sad ones. That little, like, blue, yellow ball. If you haven't watched that movie, watch it. And it it really just... It gives you that perfect feeling of I'm real. Of It brings you out of this nice, soft, warm feeling of America. It gives you a taste of cold, harsh reality, of the bitterness of where you are. You're on planet Earth and the solar system surrounding our yellow sun and the Milky Way galaxy and the universe, and when you really zoom out to that big picture, you lose all sense of individuality, and when that happens, you'll you'll get scared, and you'll get sad, and you'll feel like you are alone in this universe, and those are the most chaotic, untamed moments in your life aren't when you're out partying, doing something stupid, or when you're grappling with the harsh reality of reality. And from that, I feel, is the great dividing between me and my ex-girlfriend, one of the many, I suppose, is how you go about taking that. I apologize for bringing her up so much, but it's really a... She's a great comparison to... The similarities and differences between myself and a lot of other people. And from that, she would always look at the downside. She would always grapple with insignificance and a feeling of worthlessness. And a lot of people do that. I feel I'm one of the lucky ones who looks at that. And I did a similar interview to this not long ago with Graham. And I really, I don't want to steal his answer, but I love the way that he phrased it. And it goes something to the extent of, well, what the hell does it matter? You zoom out all the way there, and maybe, maybe in reality, there is no higher plane. Maybe in reality, this is all there is. Maybe it's when I go, I go, and it's game over. Well, what's that matter? If that's the case, then I could blow up the entire world. And the entire scope of the universe, nothing really changed. But at that same token, you flip it over and you look and you go, why wouldn't I just live to be happy then? Why wouldn't I just live to be good? Live to make myself happy. And each person, as my uncle, Wyatt, said, he went to jail for a while. he didn't, like, assault anyone or anything bad. They're just stupid decisions. But he's really turned his life around now. And I think jail's what did that and just pulling his own head out of his own rear. But from that, I love my uncle, like, to the extent that I'd name my kid after him. I love Wyatt to the deepest extents of the earth. And the the way he, the, I'll give you this little story, is Wyatt went to prison. And he, Wyatt's well, stubborn. I'm stubborn. My family is very stubborn. He got charges and said, if you confess to all these, we'll take away all these minor charges, but you keep the felony. And he said, no, absolutely not. Did not plead guilty, stuck his guns, got the full sentence and everything. Well, he went to prison. And in prison, there was a recovery kind of sector. And there was this guy who was just like, he was messed up. And Wyatt, Somehow or another, got to talking with him and basically, like, I wouldn't say preached, but what he said was Look, everybody's got a hole to fill, whether you fill it with a needle or with sex or with money or with drinking. It doesn't matter. I fill my hole in my body, my hole in my soul. With Jesus Christ. And I don't want to make this podcast. uh, Preach to Jesus. Maybe check him out if you haven't already. But regardless. From that he said. I don't know what you. Had to have filled your hole. And your. Self with. But from that. Just. Look to the better things in life look and realize that you're more than what you're using to make yourself complete quote quote that's not healthy and in reality you're just dumping water into a, a bottomless cup you're never going to be able to get out of that hole and why it said stuff like this to the guy for time after time and after Being in prison for a very large portion of his sentence, Wyatt was going to get off for good behavior because, crazy enough, he is a good guy. Well, before he left, like the day before, that guy that Wyatt talked to went up to Wyatt and said, thank you, man. You've like changed my life. Like, I think I can do this now. I feel like I'm really becoming a better person. I just want to thank you because I don't know if I could have done it without you. And when Wyatt told us that story, my aunt, Lindsay, was right beside me and she started tearing up and she said, well, God dang, Wyatt, maybe that's why God put you in there. And I think with that, all this devolves back to kind of the lonely. I feel that's the strongest way to come to terms with loneliness and at least in my life, and each person's life is different, is to look at it and look up, and I I can only imagine how difficult it would be with someone who doesn't believe in God, but look
0: up and just know everything's happening for a reason. Would you say that sometimes you might try to fill that hole in your soul with your close friends, or would you say that maybe they do fill that hole, but I think maybe they go beyond just filling the hole. Just what are your thoughts about that?
1: I feel that's a really good question. I, I never really took it and looked deep into myself. What am I using to try to fill any void I've got in my soul. I suppose right now I'm still a budding man, I dare say. And with that, I feel like I have a very lucky mix, a cocktail of sorts of what's letting me stay afloat and stay as happy of a person I am for Honesty's sake, absolutely. I would not dare say that my friends have no fill to me. And with that, I feel they've gotten more and more influential in my life. When I was young, I had very few friends, if I had like one, and I don't really even remember who it was. And slowly but surely, I got more and more friends. And especially this year, I branched out to my friends more than ever and i've looked at them for some of the most deep insetted needed help i have ever needed with the breakup i had and slew of other things and i would say absolutely my friends fill that gap inside of me along with the presence of my again wonderful family and and my own trials i try my very best to look to God and help me whenever you can. Just send up a little plea and send up a little
0: thanks. Your friends clearly mean a lot to you. And um, you've made it clear that at times you do feel lonely. But keeping in mind how much your friends mean to you, do you feel like you've ever made some of your close friends feel as lonely as you described yourself feeling in the past? Absolutely.
1: I, I hate myself for whenever I do it. And it really brings me to the key regret I had with the relationship that I have cut off. I don't regret the years I spent with my ex-girlfriend. But the problem I have is the time I didn't spend with my friends. There were so many different times, Graham in specific, Graham and Mullenkamp were big proponents, would just be like, hey, you want to go out? Go do something? And I'd just say, no, I'm just going to spend the time with her. And they respected it completely. And there were times that I had Graham over and I just wouldn't spend a lick of time with him. And I touched on this similarly in the podcast I had with Graham. Check that out if you dare. But regardless, back to the subject at hand. I just, I felt like I neglected my friends like a just incomplete complete jerk would do. And I don't like using the word jerk because as a kid I was a complete nutter. utter asshole, pardon my French, to my siblings. And they would call me a jerk. And it slowly but surely became seared as the most gut-wrenching insult you could give me. Like if you were to legitimately call me a jerk to this day, it would hit me hard. Because I try hard, very hard, to be a good guy. And it's some of the hardest stuff to do. And whether or not I succeed, that's not up to me. That's up to people around me to decide. And with that, I just, I feel that there there isn't much I can do now to change the past besides regret. And my mom has a pillow upstairs that I try to go after which says pray more worry less so with that I try to give my regrets to the higher being God I believe in and from there I just I look to the future and go I'm not doing that again I'm not ever gonna do that again I changed my life in a different way and I really do feel like I've malnourished friendships, especially like two years ago, a year ago, just ignored, just been neglectful, like a bad parent.
0: All right, well, that is all the questions I have for you. I want to really thank you for allowing me to have this talk with you. You really brought up a lot of different perspective than I had in the past and shown me a lot about what a friendship really should mean. So thank you, Jordan.
1: Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. And let's say something freaked out and I'd have to record this another time with a different set of questions. I'd do it, but let's just hope it doesn't happen. But regardless, regardless, I'd love to be back sometime and it's really been a great night. And I feel like a little parting message not to hold us over much longer is no matter what happens, look at it with the smile you've got inside of you, whether or not it's on your face. Let's say, for example, this information that we just let go of, let to the public got lost to oblivion. What needs to be thought about by you and I is there must be a reason behind it. And with that, we got to learn from what we've heard. And for all of those viewers listening, learn from what I've said. And even if what I've said made no difference to you in your life, maybe just take what I'm saying right now and apply it. And just do me a favor and hold yourself up higher than you do right now. Because I can almost guarantee you, you're not holding yourself near high enough. You mean a lot to me, you mean a lot to the world. And in the Reality of it all, you are worth something, even if you're a microscope in the universe.
0: All right. Well, with that, we will sign off. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great night. Hi. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, This is Caleb Stroth again. I'm here to... Just to kind of reflect on some of the things I talked about with Jordan. I'm still with him, he's present. Um, But I'm just going to take this time to just talk about what I learned. I, through talking with him, I have really learned how much a friendship can do in someone's life. Not that I didn't know before, or have a general idea before, but through hearing somebody else's experience, I've learned how much a friendship really means, and how much it maybe should mean. In my life, I have had many, many different friends, and I never felt really accepted into a a group of them until around the beginning of my freshman year when I really started to get to know Jordan more than just the surface Jordan. And he and the rest of my current friends have always been there backing me up, whatever I may be going through. I've been going through some rough times with one person in particular and jordan especially has always through this entire thing just kept reminding me hey we've got your back we'll always be there for you and we're never gonna leave and that that is what really showed me how serious about having friends he is because without that I would be in the lonely dark spot with nothing filling that hole that he talked about and I would not have the strength to get myself out but I know that I have them and I know that making friends isn't always just a walk through the park but if you have somebody you know you can talk to find them. Because a feeling of worthlessness is not something anybody should have to go through. You're all worth something. You're all meaningful to someone. And there is always somebody who will help. So thank you everybody for listening. Good night. Make some friends. Go out. Just spend some time with them. Thank you. Signing off, this is Caleb Strauss.